0: Welcome to Reach, your platform to connect with other executive assistants and acquire game-changing knowledge and perspective. Reach is designed to inspire your workday, guide you through pivotal moments in your career, and transform you into the executive assistant you've always wanted to be. Hi, it's Jessica. Before we get started today, I want to take a quick moment to thank all of you, our community of devout listeners. If you're enjoying our program, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts so more executive assistants can learn about our show. And if you have any questions, comments, recommendations, guest referrals, or simply want to be part of our growing community and stay in the loop on opportunities or events for our listeners, please send us an email at reach at That's R-E-A-C-H at M-A-V-E-N-R-E-C dot com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Reach. I am your host, Jessica Vann, founder and CEO of Maven Recruiting Group. And today I have the pleasure of being joined by Alexis Taylor, who's currently the executive assistant and senior team coordinator to the ITX group within Airbnb. Welcome, Alexis.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. We're
0: so excited to have you. So today we're going to be speaking about something a little bit different, something we haven't yet explored on our REACH podcast, which is Alexis' story, which is begins in her work as a personal assistant and her evolution uh, as far as being a personal assistant to a high-profile executive and then um, some of the experiences that she went through in that capacity to kind of her evolution and migration into being more of an executive assistant um, and project manager, which is the role that she currently does uh, within Airbnb. So we're going to be hearing uh, some of her experiences within that realm and also how she made that transition and and some of the reasons why she did. But first, by way of background, Alexis sparked her career as a personal assistant to a private family and household And from there, got her real estate license and became a real estate agent for the luxury uh, real estate brand Sotheby's, and then transitioned into venture capital, where she supported the founder of Sci-Fi VC as an executive personal assistant and also lifestyle manager. And then uh, currently, as mentioned, she supports the ITX team at Airbnb, where she focuses on team support, project management branding, culture, and also a, a fair amount of heavy event planning. So I'm um, really excited to have this conversation with you. Um, Alexis also has a lifestyle blog called Urbanista Girl, uh, which is a go-to place for everything San Francisco lifestyle-based, from travel to party planning to what to do <laughs> this weekend. <Yes. laughs> so to start us off, I um, would love to understand What the life of a personal assistant is like, especially if you're somebody maybe that's contemplating that career, what does it actually entail? What is it all
1: about? Um, My experience as a personal assistant, I would say it's a lot of errand running, gift shopping. Um, Personal assistants do, at least in my experience, we did event planning, travel planning for the whole family, household management, so coordinating with housekeepers, vendors, as an executive personal assistant, I did a lot of event planning. A lot of my job included high level project management. Um, for me, this was seeing through a sale of a multi million dollar home in San Francisco, coordinating meetings with sales agents, photography, uh, repair vendors, full coordination of moving days when they would move. Um, following that with the following the move, I would handle all of the construction management punch lists, uh, coordination with interior designers, and then same for our office renovation. So as a executive PA, I also did the, the family office. So I saw through that renovation um, in Jackson Square of San Francisco. Other things would be high level travel planning. So coordinating with private jet companies. Uh, United Global Services, cultivating relationships with hotels, travel agents, things like that. And then lastly would be events and a lot of philanthropy work and and working with your principal or executive on planning things for those and preparing them for meetings.
0: Mm -hmm. It sounds like a pretty massive role.
1: (laughs) Yes. It's kind of a Uh jack-of-all-trades role, and uh you can take it and build off of different things that that you find that you like. Uh So.
0: So how do you begin to prepare for a role like that? Because I mean a lot of the things that you just described, right? I mean, interfacing with um, I mean, the the hospitality vendors, the global travel, the private jets, the charitable contributions and donations, the construction management. I mean, there's a lot of elements here that people don't necessarily um, have experience in coming into a role like that. Like how do you, quickly get up to speed on,
1: on that landscape.
0: What was like, what was your learning curve like? And how did you kind
1: of manage that? I actually started my career as a nanny in San Francisco, um, within with school I went to school in San Francisco and I kind of built it off that so I had that household experience and kind of seeing the gaps in these busy families lifestyles so that's how I built it I would say if you're going into the career let's say you're an event planner or you do project management or you do workplace facilities things like that take that role and build off of it.
0: One thing that I think is sort of the potential perils of something like a personal assistant role, because you're dealing in someone's personal realm and personal life, um, is the potentiality for boundaries to get kind of crossed or blurred. Um, And if you think about it, right, I mean, in a a corporate organization or structure, you have like a direct manager. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes you have an HR team or, you know, HR representative or things of this nature that... There's sort of an escalation strategy or protocol if things go wonky. Um, And there really doesn't exist that same kind of framework in a personal situation. So I'm curious, like, did you run into challenges with regard to that? And, And I guess kind of how do you establish boundaries, healthy boundaries for yourself in that kind of a situation?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think m- the benefit of how I how my career was started is I just jumped right into the PA role. So I wasn't aware about HR and having managers. Now I am. And I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Uh-huh. Um, but it's also a great thing not to have that. So I think that both in PA and EA, boundaries vary a lot for the different um, structures of both of those jobs. As a PA, you see everything, personal, business, family-related, you're expected to understand the workings of both sides of their life, family, children, um, whereas a regular EA, or if you're working at a regular corporate company or a large company, um, you're usually just working side-by-side side or lightly with their PA, or doing light PA work, um, and I think focusing on the business partner's side of the support role Um, is key if you are in the EA realm versus PA. Um, As a PA, I always practice friendly but cozy relationships. I never went into my personal life, what I did on my vacations, Mm -hmm. or really life outside of work unless they truly asked me and we were having a one-on-one conversation. Mm -hmm. I never really brought it up to waste their time because – I worked for their personal life. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel that I needed to bring my personal life into it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I kind of kept, kept a wall up, and I kept a wall up with both of the families that I worked for. Um, I think it's easy to become friends with the people that you're working for, um, which I totally am now, and I will continue to cultivate that relationship with them and they're super special to me. But at the time you really, you will be having dinner with them on their vacation, drinking wine, but you need to remember that there's a line you're not going to cross. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the role itself is super personal, especially, you know, you're traveling with them. You're staying at their vacation homes. Mm -hmm. You're having breakfast with them when you wake up. So just always keeping a very professional role, but yet not being too uptight where, Right. you're making them feel uncomfortable. So I would say it's definitely a tough line to balance. Um, I also don't ever share my social accounts with my principals or bosses that I'm working for. I just think that we don't need to see any more of, their, of each other's lives than we already do.
0: Yeah. You mentioned like you respecting their boundaries, but what about in, in kind of the reverse direction definitely. of them respecting your boundaries and, and your private Persona, um, did you feel like that was a hard, at times a hard line to enforce? Did you feel like you oftentimes got roped into things, or, or did you feel like you had a pretty um, good understanding within each other of like your personal space?
1: Uh, both of the jobs varied, so one yes, one no. Um, one thing I've it was a lot of trial and error, and mm-hmm. I feel like at this point in my career, I definitely stand up for myself and mm-hmm. and know the boundaries to set and setting them in the beginning. I think a lot of people are scared to speak up and say, "Oh, you can't call me after this time or I won't be available after this time." But really, you're speak you're sticking up for yourself and your well-being and it doesn't look bad to say no sometimes. You should always, you know, give it your all and your 100%, but that that doesn't need to be a 24-hour thing, and so I really wish I had done that in the beginning. Where I do that now, yeah. Um,
0: Well, let's let's dig into that a little bit more because I think that's super valuable and something that a lot of people uh, struggle with in this role. Not just you, but I mean, pretty much everyone (laughs) that we've (laughs) spoken with has that uh, as a as a developmental um, like learning. Mm -hmm. So, how what do you think in retrospect you could have done differently, or how might you navigate that? If you knew what you knew then, what you know today, how would you have done that differently?
1: Yes. If I was working for another family or in a private office, I would definitely ask them their expectations. So as a PA, usually you're compensated if it's a 24-hour kind of job. And I don't mean you're in the office 24 hours, but Mm -hmm. if they're able to call you when their flight's canceled in France at midnight in San Francisco, Mm -hmm. that's a 24-hour job. and, And PAs are compensated for that. Um, If this is a nine to five job and you're not expected to step out at dinner when you're at dinner with your boyfriend or husband or whoever Mm -hmm. um, to answer that, then that's the expectations. And that should be brought up in the beginning so that the conversation, each party isn't disappointed in the Mm -hmm. long run Mm -hmm. or when the emergency Mm -hmm. is actually happening. Mm -hmm. So I would recommend doing that. Um, If you're working with a team of people, even in a household or at a corporate office, give them guidelines. Tell them how you expect them to communicate with you. If you like to be communicated over Slack, if you like scheduling thing, event details through email, if mm-hmm. you like text, mm-hmm. also communicate with your principal or boss um, how they would like to communicate and work together on that. Um, in my last job, we texted nonstop where now I am never on my phone, I'm on Slack. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's really key communication on all levels and expectations on hours that you're working um, that's that's key in the beginning mm-hmm. Oh one more thing I want to mention is also uh, working style So if they prefer you to work out of their house or their office mm-hmm. or your house and you and think about, kind of how the job's going to look and what would work best for you and how you can work. So for me, I loved working out of my own home, and I lived close by to the principal's home. I don't like to call it principal, but my boss's home. Uh-huh. Um, and so I think taking, it, taking into consider how you work and the best way you can get stuff done um, and communicate that mm-hmm. beforehand before mm-hmm. starting the job. Mm-hmm.
0: Great. Setting expectations. Yes. Yes, makes sense. So I think one of the things that is an interesting thing to consider, um, and I've heard this from other personal assistants, and I'm curious what your perspective was, um, is just kind of there's there's a, a, depending upon the estate, there can be a pretty high degree of autonomy slash isolation yes. in the role. Um, and sure, like you have a plethora of vendors and people and suppliers and this and that that you're mm-hmm. dealing with. But as far as like your core peeps that you get to hang out with and look forward to that camaraderie or even just somebody to ask a question of it doesn't really exist in the same way Mm -hmm. and kind of like what we were talking about earlier about there's not really a framework either for escalation which on the one hand sort of forces you to be a better advocate for yourself because you can't just sort of punt that conversation to your boss like if something's going on, you probably have to work it out with your principal or your boss directly. Yeah. But how did, like, did you deal with loneliness in the role? Did you deal with feeling kind of like you were on your own? And how did you find, um how did you f- like find the answers to your questions and, and work things out?
1: Yeah, definitely. I certainly have definitely felt loneliness in the role. And I know of a lot of EA, PA, a mix of EA, PA friends who have felt the same I actually just had an EA friend confide in me about a similar situation um and I think that broaden your scope at least that's what I did when I fell kind of bored or lonely in what I was doing because sometimes it can be repetitive and you're doing similar things every day sometimes it's not but when I did feel that way um I kind of took what I was doing in my career. So I was restaurant sourcing, I was travel planning, I was event planning. So that's kind of how my blog grew. Okay, I'm researching all these restaurants, I should go try them out and report back. Mm -hmm. So I kind of turned it in, and I have an entrepreneurial spirit, so I kind of like turned it into different things. Same with real estate, I was going and meeting up with agents in Sonoma and Napa for my boss, and and touring homes and reporting back to her. Um, And it was awesome that she trusted me and my opinion to do that. So I went and got my real estate license, and she was supportive of that. So so communicate. If you want to go out and do something that would better your career, I would really hope that the person that you're working for would respect you and and really want to grow with you. Otherwise, you're just going to stay stagnant in the job and It's hard for one person who's so busy that you're supporting to really understand the needs that you have unless you're communicating with them. Mm -hmm. And they also just, it's one person, they can't tell you how to grow your career. You're not Mm -hmm. working at a company where there's clear stepping stones. So I would say that's a huge point. Um, And then another thing I did is get involved in whatever city that you live in. So I was a part of the personal assistant network, still am actually, even though I'm not a PA, because I love the networking Personal Assistant Network is in New York and L.A., and it's incredible. They have events, so they'll host events at spaces where you can, you know, bring your princ- – let's say they'll, they'll partner with an event space that, will, that you can host an event for your principal at, or they'll have t- tons of different holiday parties. They'll give you travel. They'll have, like, travel agent talks, huge um, – awesome talks with recruiters and things like that that help with salary negotiation Mm. and kind of learning what kind of salary you should get as a PA and EA and how to grow your career and the different ways to grow that. I also am a part of the Junior League in San Francisco, so Mm -hmm. meeting other women that have all different kinds of careers that aren't just in tech or Mm -hmm. um, doctors, lawyers, personal assistants, tons of things, moms. um, And then, like I said, speak up and communicate with your your executive or boss. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, and also don't stay. If you're feeling stagnant and you are not progressing, I would really recommend that I think in this type of job, you feel like you owe them to stay because you have such a deep relationship, but really taking a step back and thinking, okay, is this the right career path for me? Am I growing? How am I going to grow? grow? What are those stepping stones? And if they aren't there, look elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But be open and communicate on that. Mm-hmm. So
0: what are some of the things that people might find most surprising about working in the personal assistant realm or things that you know you found unexpected?
1: Yeah. Um since I kind of fell into this role from being a nanny in college, uh basically what happened was I worked for this family and their personal assistant was leaving and I was graduating and I was like, great, this is an awesome job. Let's awesome do it. Salary, let's do it. <laughs> um, so I would say definitely that it's a really lucrative career and you can, like we were talking about earlier, you can grow into so many different aspects. Um, event planning, estate planning, which is a dream job to me personally, executive assistant, project manager, uh, things like that, and then also the opportunity to have incredible experiences skiing in Aspen, going to Hawaii, flying to London. Um, so, that's it. so, I'm sitting here parts. like <laughs>
0: nodding along going, yeah, I mean, what sub 25 year old person right? gets to live this kind of a lifestyle? Like, it's pretty amazing, you yes. know? So... As a personal assistant, I think one of the things that's most paramount to a lot of these families, especially you can imagine if you're the kind of individual who has an estate manager or personal assistant, you're probably someone who's amassed a fair degree of notoriety and financial success in your life. So obviously confidentiality, discretion, these are really, really big priorities for these families. How did you operate in a, in a confidential and respectful way within that role? And how did you really protect um, the integrity of your family as well as you know your own?
1: Mm-hmm. Number one, just don't talk about people. Wherever you are, the world is so small. I think gossiping is just such a bad thing, obviously. Um, if you're a career woman or man, you already know this. Um, So I definitely practice. I never spoke poorly about my executive or who I worked for. I still wouldn't, even though I don't work for them anymore with with either of the jobs I've had. Um, So that's number one. I'll give you a few examples Mm -hmm. with with other things. So let's say you're working as a PA. You're going to have vendors coming to the house probably every day or every week. And they're going to be like, oh, my gosh, whoa, who lives here? Who do Mm -hmm. you work for? Mm -hmm. You do not need to tell them that. And you shouldn't tell them that. Absolutely not. Um, So keeping things just ultra confidential as if it were your own. Mm -hmm. So mainly treating it as if it were your own life. So you're around their kids. Please don't post pictures on social media with their children or don't post pictures of your executive or with your executive. Uh, Another example is do not use their popularity or their high profile life as an in for you. So don't contact restaurants unless you need them or unless they say, hey, you can contact this person to get a reservation or you can take my reservation if you would like. So that happens. But just don't do it. Don't call a travel agent and say, hey, can you get me a deal because I work for so and so. I don't find that to be classy. So I think just be classy and, and mm-hmm. treat it as if it were your own life. Mm-hmm. Um, you're probably going to get a lot of free rein on making purchases. So m- make purchases as if it were your own card. So mm-hmm. if there's an extra $5 charge and you just want to blow pay past that, because that's not going to matter. It does matter and do sweat the small stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that, um, you know, we, we've done a a fair number of uh, personal assistant searches, estate manager searches, and it's very interesting. I mean, I think there's there's kind of like two very distinct camps of people, and there's definitely people who are attracted to this role because of the perks and the benefits and the cachet of yeah. being able to say, you know, this and this and that, or I was here and here and here. Um, I think those people have a very 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 limited. Yes. Lifespan in this industry. Yes. Um. I mean, I've I've also you know we we've had candidates who, um, maybe in a in a momentary lapse of judgment or what have you, you know, would would post to their Instagram feed and say like you know such and such private airport you know hashtag life goals like with their principal. We've had those people not move forward in interview processes because the people that they're interviewing with see that as offensive, right? Yes. And don't want to feel like they're, um, like you're somehow an opportunist and you're leveraging them and their success for your own gain. So I think yes. like to your point, uh, <laughs> you really got to question your motivations and, you know, yeah. what what are you in this for? Um, but those things very quickly become transparent, I feel like, and they very quickly surface if if there's not like an authentic regard or um, respect for who you're working
1: for. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that in this day and age, you know, social media, it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. So if I'm traveling, I was just in Munich for work. Of course, I'm posting pictures, but you need to be clear about what you're doing there or, and if the principal's okay with it. So if it's a personal realm, you know, if you're in Hawaii, do not be posting exactly where you are or what resort Mm -hmm. you're on have their confidentiality and their privacy in the back of your mind at all times. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and like take a moment as you talked about to consider like this is such a vulnerable thing, you know? Like how would you feel if you had somebody in your personal life who had the potential to completely expose you mm-hmm. um, at any given point, mm-hmm. you know? like that's a, that's, There's a, an incredible amount of trust that has to be established to allow somebody in on that level. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's such an important um, responsibility that you, as a mm-hmm. former personal assistant at this point, but that that you uphold that. And I think it speaks a, a lot to your credibility as a human being that even though it's been some time since you were in that capacity, that right. you still take that person's um, privacy uh, very, very seriously. Yes. What do you think, I mean, now that you've done both the PA role as well as, A true executive assistant role and more of a corporate Mm -hmm. structure. What do you think it takes to be successful in a PA role versus what do you think it takes to be successful in an EA role? Mm -hmm. And do you think, do you see any overlap in the skill sets or do you see them as sort of distinct?
1: I see complete overlap. Confidentiality goes both ways. Being type A, I'm super type A, organization, having your ducks in a row, thinking ahead. These are all things that just can be can go either to the PA or EA role. Um, Really being a true partner to them both life, both in their business life and personal life. Um, High level management on both. So if you're managing a meeting of 10 people or planning a dinner party for 10 people, it's very similar. So I would say it, 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 it can definitely go both ways and a PA can easily transfer over to being an EA and vice versa.
0: And what about some of the differences?
1: Differences are, if you're an EA, you're usually working with a large team. So you have that support, like we talked about, mm-hmm. HR. Um, you have different managers to go through if you're having a problem. Um, you're probably having more business business exposure versus personal. You're doing a calendar for a private person or a family. Um, a lot more rules as an EA, so mm-hmm. that was hard for me to get used to when I started supporting um, people at Airbnb, is all of the different rules. I used to have a credit card and say, "Okay, this flight looks perfect. I'm booking it. It doesn't really matter the cost." Mm-hmm. Versus now, there's so many different processes that you have to mm-hmm. go through, and it takes a lot more time.
0: Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. what about just um like some of the context mm-hmm. things, right? Like I would think that the context of how you support in the business environment is. Different, like getting the appropriate context, right? Mm -hmm. Um, What are the priorities of the business? What you know? What are we doing this 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 quarter? What are the you know? um, How does this align to our values as an organization? Like, I would think that the context is somewhat different, or Mm -hmm. maybe I mean I don't know. I'm I'm curious, like, if that was a challenge for you in terms of um, getting up to speed and understanding. Uh, The only
1: challenge moving from such a small company and also family versus coming into a, an almost corporate office is kind of learning the organization and all the teams and the peoples and the teams within the teams. That mm-hmm. was extremely hard mm-hmm. and eye opening for me. And I think when I, when I was hired, they, they had mentioned that and they, they were concerned about it, that I had only worked in either small offices or for families, but I think just jump right into it. I mean, it, it, the part of the, so let's say you're working for a business or co- corporation, um, you're there supporting the business. You're driving projects from start to finish. It's the same thing as a PA, only a little bit different. So let's say you're you're driving a construction project. There's going to be deliverable deliverables. There's going to be a lot of communication, a lot of organization, a lot of different vendors. It's the same as an EA, only with mm-hmm. coworkers, mm-hmm. bosses, mm-hmm. leaders. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I actually had a conversation with a client uh, today prior to coming here. And one of the challenges that that they're finding in their search is kind of what you described. Like they're a large enterprise organization. They want to find people that have large enterprise experience supporting in a large enterprise environment. And the reason is that because they feel like it's super matrixed and there's a lot of layers and it's really complicated to get up to speed in an environment like that, which is kind of like what you just talked Mm -hmm. about. So what are some of the shortcuts or techniques that you developed to kind of you know, hasten your learning curve.
1: Yeah, I dove right in and I went right into networking. So I met with everybody at my company that did a similar job than me that used to have a similar job and moved up. I basically spent the first three weeks at Airbnb having coffee with people, asking them, "Okay, if you were to plan an event and you did it this way, what did you do? How do you, what are tricks that you support your, or how do you support your executive? What kind of calendar tricks do you use here? It's very different, just jumping right in. So I say talk to as many people as possible, because if you're joining a team, I joined a team of over 170 plus people, no one is going to tell you every little detail of what you need to know, and you're definitely not going to find that in the welcome packet. So Mm -hmm. you really need to communicate, network, network find work friends, mm-hmm. that, it, that that is top priority. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Once you made the decision that you wanted to transition your career into more of an executive assistant role, how did you approach uh, making that transition? And did you have any challenges mm-hmm. with um, getting people to see you in a different way? And how did you go about that?
1: So I was at my cur- or my last position for almost three years, had known the family for longer than that. And I just knew it was time to leave. I wasn't challenged anymore. I had those really tough conversations um, over the course of multiple months and and had the the support of of the executive I was supporting um, at Sci-Fi, but So I just knew it was time to leave. That's number one. Um, I really think that if you know that isn't right for you, you should really step out of the box and, and know when it's time to leave. So I knew it was time to move on didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I kind of looked at the big scope of what I had done in my career so far, and also used my blog and real estate license as an example and kind of said, okay, what would be a great company where I can use all these things? Airbnb. I'm obsessed with writing about travel. I'm obsessed with reviewing travel. I love real estate. If I were to work for a big company, it would be Airbnb. I had no interest in working for a big tech company, but I was sitting on my couch one day and I said, if I were to work for a big company, it would be Airbnb. Let me just apply. And the rest is history. Talk about affirmations. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. But I spent a lot of time listening to podcasts, reading Uh about careers, um, going back and forth about starting my own business. Um, But right now, I think I made a good choice kind of getting that corporate experience. I was so against it after working in, as a PA in a private family office, there's a lot of pros to that mm-hmm. um, and a lot of flexibility.
0: What advice would you, I mean, it sounds like your, your experience was pretty seamless. Um, you basically had this epiphany and w- decided to apply for Airbnb and the rest is history. Um, but what advice would you have for other um, personal assistants or maybe people that you've, you know, that you've known through your own network and and whatnot who maybe it wasn't such an easy transition. Yeah. Um, because I do think you know, that that can be a struggle. Mm-hmm. Whenever you're trying to recast yourself, there's some hiring managers who are super open-minded yeah. and I think are, are looking for the transferables and there's other hiring managers who just fundamentally are not, mm-hmm. right? They're just more of like a black and white type of a thinker. So what advice would you have for being able to help other people understand
1: Yeah. I do want to know it was not an epiphany. It might sound like that, by the way I I said it, but um, it's like the Instagram filter of life. Uh, I did go back and forth for about a year on what do I do? How do I turn this into another career? Because an EA, PA career is amazing and lucrative, like I've mentioned, Mm -hmm. but... It's hard. It's not like, OK, I worked in marketing. Now I want to be a brand director or something like that. Mm-hmm. There's not no clear stepping stones out mm-hmm. there, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so it did take me a lot of time, a lot of talking to my exec who was, exec who was extremely um, awesome and helped me through it, which is amazing. And I know a lot of people don't have that. So I'm grateful for that. But I would say use your connections and networking. I truly believe it is all about who you know. Mm -hmm. Um, I fell into my last job because I knew them and I kept in touch with them. Mm -hmm. I still keep in touch with them for every birthday, holiday, Mm -hmm. uh, things like that. So I would say network, 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 network. Get involved in the community that you live in. Learn from other people, talk to other people, join the junior league like I did. I've learned and volunteered at, and just done so many incredible things within the c- community uh, with them. Uh, so I would say that's number one: networking and just talking to people. Number two, go over your skill set and see how that can be transferable. If you do events, you're technically an event planner. Mm-hmm. It's just and and also don't diminish your hobbies. At first, I was really kind of like embarrassed to show my blog Hmm. to my boss at my previous job I was like oh it's like this weird thing and what if she reads every detail of my life and Mm -hmm. no I I, an Airbnb that was probably three quarters of my interview is talking about my blog because it showed that I built a business it shows my creativity it shows that I could build a website Mm -hmm. photoshop so many different things so think about the the hobbies that you have Mm -hmm. if you volunteer if you you know, head a women's group, whatever you do, really hone in on that and make that a part of your resume. That's what I did. And it really helped me. And I know a lot of companies these days in the Bay Area care about core values just as much as as, um, Mm -hmm. business and and actual career experience.
0: How did you address the culture and branding elements of the role you were interviewing for Mm -hmm. based upon the experience that you had at the time?
1: I think addressing culture is kind of tough. If I was if I was interviewing for a finance company, it probably wouldn't come off very natural. It was a good fit right off the bat, so I really didn't need to adjust it. I was obsessed with travel. I was obsessed with Airbnb. Mm-hmm. I love hosting. I host parties at my house probably every other weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all Airbnb stands for, really. Mm-hmm. Be a host. Um, so that was easy on me, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, I think just kind of really researching the culture of the company that you're applying for and making sure that you are truly a good fit if you're Mm -hmm. interviewing. Because if not, even if you get the job, it's going to be tough to work for a company that you don't truly believe in their values and what they stand for.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep. I think finding that authentic (laughs) connection is pretty important for a true fit. Anything. Yeah. yeah. True alignment. Yeah. Mm Great. Great. So, as we um, wrap up our conversation, there's one question that we like to ask our guests about, uh, which is if you could support anybody in the world, who do you who would you choose to support and and why would you choose
1: them? This sounds very bad, but I'm gonna say myself because I want to be my own boss uh-huh uh, and that's kind of what I'm moving towards, as you can kind of tell from my career scope. Uh, mm-hmm. I would love to be my own boss and and be a freelance event planner for corporate offices or do freelance household and large-scale project management for construction renovations in San Francisco. So I would love to be my own boss. So I would like to report to myself. (laughs) 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 I hope that's a good answer. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Well, Alexis, I just want to thank you for joining us in this conversation today and sharing your experiences. And I think this is really... um, Not an area that a lot of people know about. I feel like it's sort of like behind the like, you know, um, velvet curtain sort of, so to speak. So I appreciate that you've sort of helped to shed some light on what is a very private um, industry and a little bit about what that experience of working in that space is like for people that are either in it or thinking about it. So...
1: It's kind of like that secret career that everybody's a little confused about. So I'm happy that I was able to shed a little bit of light on it. So thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. Thank you.
0: Likewise. And if anyone is interested in uh, following Alexis uh, or learning more about her, you can do so um, by visiting her blog at www.urbanistagirl.com. Reach is brought to you by Maven Recruiting Group, who specializes in placing executive assistants and support staff to the Bay Area's most prominent executives and companies. If you've enjoyed being part of our podcast community and are interested in becoming part of our candidate community, we're currently hiring for roles in San Francisco, Silicon Valley, and Los Angeles. You can visit us at www.mavenrec.com to see some of the roles we're currently working on and to submit your resume.